So if you've all been tuning in or been here the last few weeks, you probably know what's coming. So if you'd like to join in with me, feel free. Good morning, Groveport United Methodist Church. Shalom. Uh, I'm Brian Schleppy, your worship guide this morning. I am joined again today by Pastor Rick Burke, our music and choir director, Terry Christensen, and of course our organist and pianist, Nancy Wilkinson. So, you know, how many of y'all have nails left after last <laughs> night? How about that? O-H-I-O, right? Uh, I, want, I want to say I made an error last week in the church that I was born and raised in and grew, grew up in. A term lay leader or lay minister was reserved for whoever was up uh, from the laity helping the clergy through the surface, service. So I introduced myself last week as the lay leader and worship guide. I was corrected because somebody was watching and uh, said, so how did you become lay leader before conference? <laughs> so just to get the record straight, I have screwed something up every week. <laughs> I am only a lay leader or worship leader of the service today and not uh, of the congregation. And uh, this is my last week as worship leader. And I'm sure that's, well, bless your hearts. <laughs> because I've seen the disproportionate number of members that greet Pastor Rick on the way out rather than me. He said, but that's all right. <laughs> but uh, many of you, I'm sure, are thinking, hallelujah, praise the Lord. This ride's just about over. So let's... Uh, Let's, uh, I think we have a volunteer for October. <laughs> As announcements go, uh, this is the Sunday for the kids and their parents to, uh, to have pizza with the pastor for Meet the Pastor. Uh, sanct safe sanctuary training will be held October 1st at 9 a.m. in the nursery, nursery Sunday school room. Uh, we still have the ongoing uh, Bible study by Pastor Rick. Uh, 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Thursday, Simon Peter, flawed but faithful disciple. And, of course, grief share is, on, grief share is ongoing at 7 p.m. on Thursdays. So, uh, let's see, pet blessing will be held Sunday, October 8th at 2 p.m. outside of the church. And now, before we proceed, I am going to turn things over to Pastor Rick Burke. All right. See if I can embarrass a couple of people here. Um, I think many of us know Magnus. Uh, Magnus, stand up. Uh, Magnus is our custodian here, uh, and uh, among other things that, that he does here at uh, Groveport United Methodist, and he has someone very special with him. Mabel, why don't you stand up? Mabel is his wife, who I know we've been praying and, 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 and hoping, uh, and she has finally been able to come over from Sierra Leone and join him here in America permanently. So let's show some Let's welcome Mabel. And Magnus, how long uh, have you two lived uh, separately? 
17 years this process has taken. So uh, this is very much a blessing uh, that God has, has allowed these two wonderful, faithful people to be brought back together. And um, it's just a, a testament to love and to dedication. So uh, welcome, Abel. We are so glad that you are here. And of course, Magnus, we are so happy that you are part of our family. So God bless. And um, again, let's show some appreciation to Magnus. Thank you. Let us now be in a time and an attitude of worship. Let's read together the breakthrough prayer. Amazing God, we pray that through the Holy Spirit, your preferred future for Groveport United Methodist Church will be made clear to us. Give us the courage we need to follow you wherever you may take us. We ask that you bind us together in love so that we may bring the good news of Jesus Christ to our friends families, and communities. Open our eyes so that we may see the amazing things you are already doing among us. Amen.
Please stand as you're able this morning for our opening song, Blessed Be the Name. This is an old hymn, might be familiar to some, but by the end of it, you're going to be joining right in, I'm sure. and joys to the Lord. Lord, hear the cries of our hearts. Come, rest in the love and mercy of God. Bless us, O Lord, that we may be blessings for others in your name. Amen. Our next hymn is in the blue hymnal, Lord Be Glorified, number 542. And you may be seated if you so choose.
Our first scripture reading is uh, Psalm 103, verses 10 through 14. I'll be reading the uh, New International Version, and if it does not match, which is uh, on the PowerPoint, do not be afraid. It's still the word of the Lord, and it'll be very similar. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. Please let's uh, join me in the responsive prayer of repentance. Though we do not deserve his grace today, God offers us extreme forgiveness. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. We are set free from our sins by the blood of Jesus. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. God offers a new mindset and a new heart. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Will you forgive those who do not deserve your forgiveness? Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Will you trust that Jesus' blood is strong enough to free even your enemies from their sins? Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Will you offer hope for a new life to others? Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Amen. And now is the time in which we can bring before one another and lay before the Lord our joys and concerns. If you have a prayer concern, I would invite you to fill out a blue prayer uh, or the blue card there in your bulletin and be sure to drop that in the offering plate. Uh, if you would prefer, you can always send an email uh, to prayer at groveportumc.org. Uh, the link is is there on the screen behind me. Uh, you can always call the office, or you can even just drop us a line, and the mailman will make sure it gets to us. Let us be in a time and an attitude of prayerful reflection. with me. Lord, prepare me to be a Lord, prepare. 
as we enter this time of prayer. If you would like to be prayed for, you are invited to come forward and to kneel at the rail. And someone will be there for you, to pray with you, to be with you. Let us now pray. Gracious God, you are the fountain of all wisdom, the life source from whom we learn all that is good, pure, merciful, and compassionate. Thank you for the example of your son, Jesus, who in all things modeled peacemaking, love for others, and the wisdom that comes from walking rightly with you. Just as people were drawn to him, we draw near to you, wanting to know you, to experience your presence in transforming ways, and to be renewed by your Spirit. This morning, we open ourselves to you for healing, direction, comfort, and renewal. Lord, on this day, we raise to you our petitions for, for those who are sick, grieved, hurting, lost. Lord, we raise to you Shadden for healing from a recent auto accident. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we, we pray for healing for Hunter, who recently received a kidney transplant. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we raise to you Mark, Sharon, Melody, and Tony, Jesse and Debbie, Roger and Ralph, who all recently underwent medical procedures. We ask for quick healing and complete recovery for each of these individuals. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray for all of those who are currently undergoing treatments for cancer, including David and Joyce, Susan and Betty and Trent. Bring healing and wholeness to their lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Lord, we pray for the, the Cody family who is facing multiple struggle, struggles this day. Lord, in your mercy, 
And Lord, we raise to you Jack, who is recovering from COVID and is hoping to return home soon. Lord, in your mercy. Now, Lord, we silently lift to you concerns of an individual nature which are on our hearts this day and which you already know, but we now surrender them to you. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, we thank you for this day, for this wonderful church, and for the people that fill it. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, and the one who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Would the children like to come up for our children's time? Well, good morning. Oh, now we can do better than that. Good morning. I know. I was telling some of the adults that over the years, I've noticed there is a direct correlation between morning worship attendance and a night Ohio State game. And the later the game goes, the less the attendance becomes. So, yeah, I know. Uh, so, I got a question for you. Has anyone ever said anything mean about you? Now, I don't want you pointing fingers, because, you know, the person may be a brother or sister sitting next to you, but has anyone ever said anything mean to you? Or how about, has anybody ever said anything mean about a friend of yours? And he, he punched you? Oh, okay. Well, that wasn't very nice. I do. Oh, you are the nicest. You are. So, 
Robert, has anybody ever said anything mean about you? Yeah. Yeah, he'll say, yeah. Or, I'm oh, sorry, Robert, Robert, has anyone ever said anything mean about you? Was it Ryan? Yeah. Yeah. So, sometimes people say mean things about us, and sometimes people say mean things about our friends, don't they? And have you ever had it where someone said something mean about a friend of yours or somebody you know and you didn't say anything about it? Or maybe you even laughed and joined in because you didn't know what to do? Yeah. Well, today we're going to be uh, talking a little bit about a friend of Jesus who knew people were saying really mean things about him and he was going to do something about it. So if somebody says something mean about us or says something mean about a friend of ours, what do you think we should do about it? What do you think? Ryan, what do you think, bud? Tell a grown-up. Good job. Tell a grown-up, right? What else could we do about it if somebody says something mean about us or somebody we know? Yeah. Tell them to stop. Good job. Tell them to stop, right? What else could we do? <gasps> Run away. Yeah, you can always go walk away from somebody who's being mean. Now, we might be tempted to do something else, right? Like, I know none of you would ever be tempted to, like, maybe, you know, push somebody or hit somebody, right? Because that isn't what Jesus wants us to do, right? Jesus told his friends when somebody said something mean to him that he didn't want them to hit, hit people or to, 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 to get all angry. He just wanted them to forgive them and to love them. And that's what we need to do. So remember, if somebody says something mean, um, we need to uh, act the way Jesus would and to uh, tell a grown-up or to um, walk away or pray for them, and of course, should we ever be mean to other people? No, good job. All right, let's pray. Dear Jesus, we pray to you today because we need help. Sometimes people are super mean to us, and, and we don't know what to do, and so sometimes we push people or, 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 or hit them or, or other things, Lord, that you don't want us to do. So, Lord, help us to um, find constructive ways of dealing with people who are mean to us. And, and, Lord, help us never to be mean to others, but to treat everybody the way we want to be treated. And in your name we pray. Amen. All right. You can head off to a Junior Church if you want now. And also, don't forget, after uh, worship today, pizza. Sure. All right, bud. It's now time for our offering. So while the ushers are coming forward, I want to remind you, you can always mail in a check to the church at 512 Main Street, uh, drop a cash or check in the plate as it goes by, or give online.
Generous God, you have blessed us with so much. Take these gifts and cause them to work for you in this world which you have loaned to us. Amen. You may be seated. The second scripture reading this morning is uh, from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26, verses 31 through 35. And this morning I'll be reading that out of uh, Eugene Peterson's more modern translation uh, titled The Message. Then Jesus told them, before the night's over, you're going to fall to pieces because of what happens to me. There is a scripture that says, I'll strike the shepherd, helter skelter, the sheep will be scattered. But after I'm raised up, I, your shepherd, will go ahead of you, leading the way to Galilee. Peter broke in and said, even if everyone else falls to pieces on account of you, I won't. Jesus replies, don't be so sure. This very night, before the rooster crows up the dawn, you will deny me three times. Peter protested, even if I had to die with you, I would never de deny you. All the other disciples said the same thing. That sends the reading. So this morning, we are continuing our look at Simon Peter, a faithful but flawed disciple of Christ. Over the past few weeks, we've seen how Peter, his heart is in the right place, but sometimes, well, sometimes his mouth gets him into a little bit of trouble. I'm not going to say do any of you know the feeling, but sometimes I know that feeling. It's Jesus' final meal with his disciples. It's the Seder meal, that holy meal in which Jews celebrate their freedom from bondage in Egypt, and they tell the story of, of how God saved them from oppression. Jesus had been trying to teach Peter and the disciples and anyone else who would listen that God was doing the same thing through him. He was working to free all people from not the oppression of Egyptians or, or of any sort of, of political uh, structure, but from the oppression of sin and death itself. How much he got through to them, well, that's up to debate. After this meal, this important meal, Jesus looks at his disciples and he tells them 
look, you are all going to abandon me when they come to arrest me. When the authorities turn on me, you are all going to abandon me. Every single one of you. And, and, and I can only imagine what that must have felt like if you were one of his disciples. To have the person who you trusted with everything. The person who you followed for three years. Someone who you had dedicated your entire life to and given up careers and maybe even families for, look at you and say, you, when push comes to shove, are going to abandon me. It was too much for Simon Peter. And he allowed his emotions to get the best of him. And he he looks at Jesus and he's like, look, the rest of these guys, they're probably going to abandon you, Jesus. You're right. I know them. I've seen how they are. You've got to keep your eye on that Judas guy. But not me. I know me. No matter what happens, I am with you, Jesus, through thick and thin, through the good days and the bad, and if they come to arrest you, I will fight for you, Jesus. I'll die for you, Jesus. And you know, when we read this about Simon Peter, at least when I do, I like to think that Simon Peter in his heart probably believed this. He probably believed that he would do anything for Jesus, including giving up his own life. Yet, as we know from the story, that isn't what happened. That isn't what was going to happen. And Jesus tells him, Peter, no, you're abandoning me just like the rest of them. In fact, by the time you hear the rooster crow in the morning, you will have denied me three times. Can you imagine? Oh, the shock of that, of being told that you would deny Jesus. This is a powerful story. And it's one which really helps to highlight the fact that Jesus knew that he was going to go to that cross alone. He knew what his followers were going to do. He knew that in the end, they would all abandon him. Now, at least from Simon Peter's point of view, when they came to arrest him, he brought a sword. He's the only one who thought, hey, maybe if they're going to come mess with Jesus, maybe I should bring a weapon. And he pulls that sword. And Jesus has to tell him, no, that isn't what we do. We don't use violence to counter violence. We counter violence with love. That's my way. It should be your way. But Jesus knew that in the end, he was going to go to that cross alone. And he still did it. Because he loved his disciples, and he loved you and me more 
than anything else. When I read this story, I really, I really get four takeaways, if you will, from this text. The first is, is that we need to recognize that we can't do anything without God. If we think we are going to do something on our own, we are sadly mistaken. See, Peter thought he could, he could be with, with Jesus and, and, and he could, uh, could, could, could follow Jesus through thick and thin all by himself. And, and I remember what Jesus said when he found Peter sound asleep right before he was arrested. He looks at him and, and he goes, you know, the, the spirit's willing, but the body, it's weak. And that's the way it is with us, isn't it? We have good intentions, but if we don't have the power of the Holy Spirit helping us, we are never going to ever achieve anything of lasting importance. And that is individually, corporately. That's why uh, um, we've been doing our breakthrough prayer, because we need to have God show us and to help us and to be a part of where our church is moving forward to. And so the only way we can do that is to open ourselves to the movement of the Holy Spirit. Because see, if we try to figure out the direction of Groveport United Methodist Church without the Spirit, without God's direction, we will not be successful. But if we wait and pray and take the time to listen to God and do what God is leading us to do, nothing in heaven or earth can stop us. The second thing that I get from this is that we don't know the future. None of us know the future. For instance, somebody in this room may have woken up this morning thinking that Ohio State lost. Am I alone in this? Apparently I am the only person. That's, the, that's why everybody else looks really, really tired. I'm right awake. But um, So I have this bad habit of not waiting to the end of football games if they look like they're they're going to go the wrong way. I just turn off and go to bed because why watch the end? And so somebody in this room might have thought he knew how it was going to end. He thought he knew the future. And he turned off the game with like two minutes to go thinking, eh. Well, can you imagine the surprise I got this morning? <laughs> Me of little faith. Yep. We don't know the future. Peter thought he knew the future. He thought he knew that he would never betray Jesus. But he did. He did. And what he found out is this. Betraying Jesus was not an unforgivable sin. See, sometimes I think we have this feeling that if we uh, do something that, that, that 
uh, hurts Jesus, if, if we don't act the way we're supposed to, if, 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 if we even deny Jesus, that that's it for us. But no, Jesus still loves us, even if we deny him, even if we run away from him, even if, if we don't follow his teachings the way we should. Jesus is still there for us. And all we must do is ask for forgiveness, and he will be there for us. I mean, look at the disciples. They all deserted Jesus. They denied him to other people. Jesus, I have no idea who Jesus is. I don't know. I've never seen the man. Yet, Jesus still could use each and every one of those uh, disciples to do wonderful things in this world. And just because you may have denied Jesus in some way doesn't mean that Jesus can't use you to do wonderful, powerful, powerful things. Final thing is, or another thing I should say, is I think sometimes our image and, and self-perception may be a little bit skewed. Romans 12.3 says this, Do not think more of yourself or more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. See, sometimes we think we are better than what we are. You know, for me, I get up in the morning and I always hum that old song, Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. I love to look in the mirror. I get better looking each day. To know me is to love me. I must be a heck of a man. Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble but I'm doing the best I can. Yep. Sometimes we're like that, aren't we? But then cold reality hits, and we realize that maybe, just maybe, we don't quite know ourselves as well as we think we do. I want you to picture me as a fourth grader. Just shorter, cuter, still wearing, you know. It was that summer between my fourth and fifth grade uh, year, and my family went to Florida on vacation. And one of the things we did, we're down there a couple of weeks, and, you know, did Disney, all that, but, but one of the things we did is we went to watch the space shuttle take off. See, that was back in the days when watching the space shuttle take off was a big deal. Right? It was a huge deal. And so we, we get out to, uh, to, to Cape Canaveral at like 5 in the morning. It's still dark. And we're, you know, out in this big grassy area. And you could hear the alligators, you know, out there making that, that weird little croaking noise they do. And being, you know, fourth, fourth grader, going to be a big old fifth grader. I wasn't scared of any alligator. I knew what I would do if I saw an alligator. I wasn't scared. You know where this is going. <laughs> well, I had to go to the bathroom. And the only bathrooms were like a half mile walk 
from where we were parked. And so my dad and I, we go down, start to get light out, and you know, there's all these people pulling in all, all, to, to watch, and, and we're, we're walking along, and we're talking, and it's to say it's not quite light yet, and all of a sudden, I kick something with my foot, and it's heavy, and it's big, and I knew exactly what it was. It's a suitcase, soon-to-be suitcase. And I knew right then and there what I was going to do if I ran into an alligator. I let my dad walk right on by. Did I say, Dad, stop, I think I just kicked an alligator. Dad, stop, we could be in danger. Did I wrestle the alligator like the crocodile hunter showed me how to do years later? No, I froze. I backed up. I let him walk right in front of it. And he stops. And he goes, what are you doing? And I just go, there's an alligator. To which my dad goes, now you tell me. <laughs> Turns out it wasn't an alligator. It was just a sandbag, uh, like a, a, a camouflage sandbag that they were using there to, for like a tent or something. But I thought it was an alligator. And so then the rest of the vacation, and until this day, my dad lets everybody know I was going to let him get eaten by the alligator so he, I could run away. It's not a proud moment. Did I throw my dad to an alligator so I could get away? You better believe I did. <laughs> Sometimes we don't know ourselves like we think we know ourselves, do we? Peter didn't know himself like he thought he did. When push came to shove, he deny Jesus. Yet, as I said before, that doesn't mean that Jesus quit loving him. And it doesn't mean Jesus quits loving you when you slip, when you fall, when you do something to hurt him, do something that hurts others. Jesus still loves you. Say sorry. Ask for forgiveness and move on. Finally, the disciples they couldn't see the whole picture. See, Jesus knew what needed to happen because he understood the plan. The disciples, they didn't. And so they didn't understand why Jesus needed to die. That's why Peter was, was so upset that Jesus said he was going to have to die for the sins of the world. No, you don't. He didn't understand. And sometimes we have to acknowledge that we don't know the whole plan. But Jesus does. And sometimes that's uncomfortable for us, or a lot of times that's uncomfortable for us. But what it means is this. We have to trust. We have to put our whole trust in God, our whole trust in what Jesus tells us to do our whole trust in where the Holy Spirit is leading us. Because we don't know the whole picture, but the Lord does. The Lord does. My friends, Peter was faithful but flawed. And so are we. Yet Jesus 
used him to extraordinary heights, to do extraordinary things. And the same holds true with each and every one of us. Are any of us here perfect? No. Can Jesus use each and every one of us to do amazing things in this world? Absolutely. Absolutely. Is our church perfect? No. But can Jesus use our church to do amazing things in this world? Absolutely. So never forget that. You may not be perfect. You may deny Jesus, but that doesn't mean that Jesus will ever deny you. Jesus will never deny you. Jesus loves you. Jesus will use you. Keep that in mind. You are not a failure. You are a work in progress. Let us pray. Lord, remind us this day that none of us are perfect. Just like Peter, we all have flaws. Oftentimes, Lord, our heart is in the right place, but sometimes we just mess up. Remind us that you still love us. You still care for us. You still want the best for us. And you can use us to do amazing things even when we aren't perfect. So thank you, Lord, for trusting in us, for loving us, for giving us second, third, fourth chances. It is in your name we pray. Amen. as you're able now for our closing hymn How Great Thou Art.
Go now knowing the God of all creation loves you more than you can ever imagine. May that bring you peace this week. Have a great week, everyone.